It was during the days of Jesus' earthly ministry. And the Sea of Galilee must have been crowded with boats. In fact, you would probably think today they were having a bass tournament. There were so many boats on the Sea of Galilee. Josephus tells us about one particular occasion in the wars of the Jews. It was necessary to assemble a small armada of boats because they were having to deal with a rebellion at Tiberias. And at that point, needing to deal with this rebellion at Tiberias, they successfully mobilized no fewer than 230 such ships on the Sea of Galilee. Well, as you read the Gospels, you understand that many of the friends of Jesus were fishermen, and therefore they had boats. So when Jesus needed a little peace and quiet, when He needed an opportunity to refresh His soul, He would sail with one of His friends to the other side of the lake. Dr. Luke tells us about an occasion like this in chapter 8 of his account of the life of Jesus. Jesus wanted some rest and relaxation. He wanted some R&R, as we would say. And so he instructed them that let us go to the other side. So they embarked and they set sail. In those boats, at the stern of the boat, just in front of the helmsman, there was a little platform. It was like a small deck, and on that was a cushion. And the custom was that distinguished guests sat there while the boat sailed. So there was Jesus on that small cushion, on that small deck in the stern of the boat. My Lord was tired. And my Lord was weary. And he fell asleep. That tells us about Jesus. It tells us about the humanity of Jesus, but it also tells us something more. It tells us how exhausting the work of preaching and healing was for Jesus. It tells us how that it literally took the starch out of Jesus. It also tells us something else about Jesus. It tells us just how much He trusted His men. Jesus knew the dangers of the Sea of Galilee. He knew the sudden squalls and storms that would come down in the passes between the mountains. He knew the dangers of the sea as well as any man did. But Jesus slept, and He slept in peace. You see, Jesus trusted the skill, and He trusted the resources of His fishermen friends. And yet they had not gone far on their journey until they encountered a fear-provoking circumstance. One of those sudden squalls that Galilee was famous for hits their boat. And the seas are fierce, and the winds are high, and Jesus and the apostles are in danger of their lives. And Jesus slept on. In their sheer terror, 
the disciples go back and they wake Him up. And they asked Him. They said, Lord, does it not mean anything to You if we all die? With only a word, Jesus stilled the waves and the wind and there was calm. Then He looked at those men and He asked them where their faith was. He wanted to know why they'd lost their nerve the way that they did. I like the way the message translates that particular part of the passage. We find Jesus in that edition, that version, asking them, Why can't you trust Me? There's a lot more in this story than the fact that simply one day on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus calmed this great storm. If that's all there was to it, it would still be a wonderful, magnificent story. But there wouldn't be anything very practical in that for me and for you. The story has a meaning. A meaning that affects every one of us this morning. It tells us that when Jesus comes into our lives, the storms become calm. It means that Jesus can... And Jesus does bring peace to us in the storms that life brings to us. We must learn to trust Jesus. Now know this. Trusting in Jesus, it does not prevent the storms of life. They're still going to come. There are storms of temptation that are going to come. There are going to be times that we are going to be very seriously tempted to do something we know is wrong. And there are times when the strong tide of temptation is likely to sweep us from our moorings. But during those times, there is no safety like the memory of Jesus. Left absolutely alone, we might do something quite shameful. But, if we thought we might turn around and see the hurt eyes of someone we loved looking at us, then we'd never do it. When the storms of temptation blow into our lives, we must remember, Jesus is there to see us. He's also there to help us. And that will bring peace in the storm. There are also storms of passion that come into our lives. There are times that if we're not careful, we're apt to be carried away in the heat of the moment. And that's especially true if we have hot tempers and strong feelings. I read the story of a French courtier who had a very ungovernable temper. He was always saying things and he was always doing things that he was sorry for afterwards. And he had a friend who knew just the kind of things 
that annoyed him. He knew exactly what it would would take and what would push this man's buttons. One day, this man was in the king's presence. And one of those annoying things happened. And he kept his temper. And afterward, his friend said to him, When that happened, I was surprised to see how well you kept your temper. Courtier answered and said, I had to. The king was there. And I couldn't lose my temper in front of him. The friend looked at him and said quietly, I wish that you would remember that wherever you are, you're in the presence of the King of Kings. If we could remember that, that Jesus is always with us. It'll bring a new calm to us when the storms of our own passionate nature threaten to sweep us away. You know, it's always a lot easier to face something in company than it is when we are alone. It's told that Certain Native American tribes had a rite of passage for their teenage boys. At age 13, a boy would be blindfolded and led to a certain spot in the woods. He would be forced to sit at that certain spot in the woods all night while the men of the tribe returned to their camp. He would be required to sit there with his blindfold in place. He was forced to listen to the frightening sounds of the night. The animals as they howled, the wolves as they cried. Once he felt the warmth of the sun in the morning, he was allowed to remove his blindfold. When that teenage boy removed his blindfold, the first thing he would see was his father sitting across from him. His father had sat there all night, protecting him from the animals of the wilderness. But he was not seen by his son. Whatever we're facing in life, however dark the night may be, however fierce the storms, and however the wild animals might howl around us, we must remember that our Father is always with us. Sometimes storms of suffering come. They come to test our faith in God. They come to test our trust in God. What a storm is to a house, suffering is to a human life. Suffering will soon reveal the character of that life. And it's allowed for that purpose. Economic conditions can cause suffering in our lives. Emotional stress can cause suffering. It's impossible to live in this world without encountering stressful circumstances along the way. And then, of course, there are physical problems that can cause suffering. 
cancer, heart attacks, strokes, other debilitating illnesses and physical ailments. They don't simply fall on the foolish and those that don't know God. There are times even the most saintly child of God can suffer. Faith in God does not prevent the storms of life. Faith in God does prevent fear. Fear is a sign that our faith has failed. Fear is a sign that our trust is weak. What happened to this group of disciples was a very natural thing. Any ordinary, prudent human being would have been frightened by the storm that they were in. Any ordinary person would have been afraid of sinking to the bottom of the sea. But, this little group of men, they weren't supposed to act like natural men. They weren't supposed to act like ordinary folks. They had spent time with Jesus. They knew Jesus Christ. Jesus was in the boat with them. They should have been able to withstand that storm unruffled by its effects because Jesus was there. Let's be truthful. Let's be honest. Honest with ourselves, honest with each other, honest before God. All of us have known fear in our lives at one point or another. It may have been a fear of failure. It may have been a fear of some test result we're about to get that the doctor's done. It may have been the fear of losing a job. It may be the fear of death. It may be the fear of rejection by someone that means more to us than life itself. But Jesus lays the blame for fear directly on our lack of faith. He says, why can't you trust me? Fear, are you listening? Fear does not come from circumstances. Fear comes from in here. Fear comes from within us. And the faith, the trust that prevents fear rests in Jesus Christ. In this trying and dangerous circumstance, Jesus wanted His disciples to depend on Him. When Jesus says, where is your faith? When Jesus says, why can't you trust Me? He was calling attention to His adequacy to handle whatever situation would arise. Folks, that's a lesson we desperately need to learn today. Our faith, our trust, must rest in Jesus Christ. Not our own abilities, not our own wisdoms, not our own schemes and plans. Our faith rests in Jesus Christ.
Faith is resting in the person of Jesus. Did those disciples not know who He was? Had He not given them numerous indications of His identity? Did they really think that the Son of God was going to be swallowed up in some little storm on the Sea of Galilee? We know about Jesus Christ. All of us in here know about Jesus Christ. But do we really know Jesus Christ? Do we really know who He is? He's the Lord of history. He's the living God. He's able to subdue all things to Himself. Faith is resting in the person of Jesus. Faith is resting in the promise of Jesus. The disciples missed it. When Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, His command was His promise. When Jesus commands, Jesus enables. And fear has no place in the same heart as faith. Now here's the question. How are we living this morning? Are we living by faith? Or are we living by fears? Jesus asks, where is our faith? If we remember that Jesus Christ is always with us, we will find the storms of life become a calm. Let's be standing together this morning. Those storms of life are only going to become a calm when Jesus Christ is the Lord and Master of your life. If Jesus is not the Lord and Master of all of your life this morning, then Jesus is not Lord and Master at all in your life this morning. Are there changes you need to make? Are there things you need to do to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Maybe you need to surrender your life to Jesus for the very first time. To repent of everything that's sin in your life. To turn your back on sin through repentance. To confess His name and be buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. All things will become new. Or maybe, once upon a time you did that. But over the years, over time, you've come to rely on yourself more than on Jesus. You've trusted your own wisdom, your own strength, your own plans, and faith hasn't been a part of your life. You need to come back to the Lord. You need to say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. This is your opportunity to come and to do that while we sing this song of invitation.